Hello, and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexypod rating all the founding fathers of the U.S., from Andrew Adams to George With. I am Cody. I'm Steven. And today, we are talking about that most exciting of founding fathers, Richard Bland. <laughs> He's so bland. Mm, very vanilla. I, I really hope you have something on this guy, because... Well, actually, kind of. I don't hope you have something because then we could be like, "Oh, he's he's it's, bland." It, it, it's nominative <laughs> determinism. <laughs> yeah. He is his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lives up to his name. We'll see. Yeah, no, I got a blank page here. Uh, no, are you serious? No. Okay. No, I, th- there there's some stuff. All there's right, stuff. all right. He's not so bland after all. No, no. Uh, well, yeah. All right, a little bit out about old Blandy here. Born on May sixth, seventeen ten, in Orange County, Virginia. I'm just imagining like. Uh, the OC, remember that show from like the mid two thousands? Oh my god! Yeah, well, Jack Black and <laughs> some Orange County. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, but is that like, what you're talking about? It was or, like it was like a te- it was teen dramas. And like oh, you're the, talking about the teen drama. There's a movie called Orange County with Jack Black and something. I don't else. think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I just remember the. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. like so imagine that in Colonial Virginia. Oh god, <laughs> no, be horrible. That's only this, only in the art. Oh no! <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, his father was Richard Bland Senior. Oh, he's so bland. He's so more this boy. Richard Bland is a junior. <laughs> so many juniors. It's yeah. like they couldn't come up with new names. Yeah, they just, our lady just didn't want to. Or well, this is a more. I think it was a legacy thing. Yeah. Back then. Also, this time it's like you don't really have middle names. So right. Yeah. But anyway, his father, Richard Bland Senior, a prominent planter and colonial legislator, and his mother was Elizabeth Randolph, a daughter of William Randolph, one of the most powerful men in the colony. Ooh. And Randolph is definitely a name that's going to come up a few times because. Virginia, th- there's what's called the f- like the first families of Virginia. It's like this, almost like a form of like a colonial aristocracy. <laughs> sure, like yeah. these, like this planter class. Randolph is a name, like Randolph Lee. Yeah, well, he had a couple of Lees. Yep, not the most famous Lee, but his ancestors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison, Harrison, as in like yeah, ancestor William Henry, William Henry, uh, his Henry. grandfather, I, I think, or no, his father, uh, Jefferson, Washington. Yeah. Were there a lot of Washingtons? He like he wasn't like in that upper echelon. Yeah, but they were. I mean, they were. They were. He, he didn't have like kid, in that wealthy, they didn't have kids, did they? He didn't. But like, I mean, his. I mean, his father had several. Sure, sure, sure. Um, oh, okay, so, sure. Yeah, so you know, and it's not like he was the progenitor of the family, but um, and they all kind of intermarry each other. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we're gonna have, we're talking about a bunch of Randolphs. I think we'll have like at least two episodes. Yeah. On some Randolphs. It makes sense because that's kind of how the, uh, the, you know, like the royal royal family kind of worked. Yeah. In England, so yeah, like, it's kind of like a, this in miniature. Yeah, exactly. So. It makes sense because that's kind of all they known. So it's kind of like they kind of just fell back yeah. into it once they were in the colonies. So yeah, it kind of makes sense, especially like the upper crust of society. So sure, yeah. But yeah, he he's a grandson of William Randolph. Both oh, of Richard Junior's parents were dead by 1720 when he was 10. Mm. So uh, his parents died when he was young. Uh, and he was entrusted to his uncle, William Randolph Jr. Uh, he was raised alongside his cousin, Peyton Randolph. Nothing. Put a box around him, because he will be getting an episode later Sarah on. Randolph, you're right. Peyton Randolph, he would go on to be the president of the Continental Congress, so he'll be quite important. Uh, and he forged a lifelong friendship with him. Uh, he attended the College of William & Mary, followed by the University of Edinburgh. So, And that's what you know, they would do at this time, like if you're in that upper crust, go to College of William & Mary. Then you go to Britain for further education. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we talked about uh, 
Yeah, the law, the what was it? The law things that they did. The, yeah, uh, they went the, to the the Middle Temple or Middle Temple. temple. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, I, it's I weird think it was, was. I think it was was it Blair? Was it last episode? I think did that. Uh, yeah, I mean no, it's, it's been it's happened a few times. But. It's been ninety percent of them because yeah. they're all been lawyers. So. <laughs> Uh, he married Anne Pathras in seventeen twenty nine and would go on to have twelve children with her. Jiminy Christmas, that's yeah. a lot. He was elected to the Virginia legislature in seventeen forty two and would remain in office there for the rest of his life. Dang. So for over thirty years he's in the Virginia legislature. So he becomes a very prominent person uh, in Virginia state politics. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Uh, he was admitted to the bar in seventeen forty six. No, but he, he wasn't. But he never practiced law. Oh. So it's like he had you know, it's like he, he had enough time to uh, participate in politics, but he's also wealthy enough where he didn't have to actually go and practice law because he, he inherited like these large plantations from his, from his father. But didn't he have to like study for the bar and all yes. that? Like, so he went through all the schooling for it. Yeah. And then he was just like, eh. Well, maybe he saw like, well, maybe I can be a better legislator if I really know the law. Oh, so uh, like okay, kind of like okay. that aspect of it. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. That's fair. Uh, and he would express his views through newspaper articles and short pamphlets, uh, which would have an effect on public opinion. Uh, his wife Anne died in seventeen in April 1758, but he quickly remarried in January 1759 to a widow named Martha Massey. Have 13 more children. <laughs> no, because she died eight months later. Oh, man. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. And then 1760. Oh, boy. He marries Elizabeth Bowling. All right. Uh, an aunt to our previous episode's subject, John Blair Jr. No way. Yep. These people, they all just like intermarry each other. All, well, they're all and there wasn't many people around, That's you true. know? There was, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was chosen as a delegate to the First Continental Congress in 1774, where he was a signatory to the Continental Association, which is why we're talking about him. Okay. Uh, he was initially a moderate in relations with Great Britain, uh, believing that reconciliation was still possible. Kind of like a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of these guys we've talked about this time, like early on, they're like, maybe we can you know, kind of patch things up. And yeah, then they well, I mean, they're on... all from there. You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're, when your lineage is from that place, you kind of want, you don't, yeah. don't want to like... And you still have strong economic ties exactly. to Exactly, that it's too. Like, yeah, uh, but like as we see, Bland would drift more towards independence. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, he was chosen as a delegate to the Second Continental Congress in May 1775, but he resigned in August due to ill health and the recent death of his wife, Elizabeth. Dang. So he, he outlives three wives. Oh, wow. His three wives in the ground. That's um, kind of sad. Yeah, and he he was also like he was also in his mid-60s by this point. Oh. So he was getting up there, for especially for this time. Sure, yeah. So, Most of them were dead by then. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was born in 1710. There's only a couple people we're going to be talking about that were born before him. Wow, okay. I know Benjamin Franklin. I think he was like 1706. Um, yeah, he was old when he died. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was like in his eighties. Yeah, um, and there's another one I don't remember who exactly, but yeah, he's one of the earliest born people we're talking about. So by the time he left Congress, he had radicalized toward independence and even called for the hanging of the royal governor of Virginia, Lord Dunmore. <laughs> so he went from like wanting to like, ah, let's reconcile to hang him, <laughs> kill him now, <laughs> string him up. He must be put to death. <laughs> yeah. uh, in early 1776, he served on the committee that drafted Virginia's first constitution, which was adopted in June. And he was elected to the new House of Delegates, but did not serve long. Mm. He died on October 26, 1776, in Williamsburg at age 66, mm. while colla uh, after collapsing while taking a walk. Oh. <clears throat> trying to get some exercise. Yep. That's what, that's what you get for trying to get some exercise. <laughs> at 66 years old. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I mean... 
Yeah, that seems young now, but like back then, I guess that was old, old. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, the life of Richard Bland. He wasn't so bland. Yeah. A little bland. We got more to talk about. So okay. Perpetual Union. Perpetual Union. What influence did they have on the founding documents, Mm. if any? Uh, He participated in the drafting of the Declaration and Resolves of the First Continental Congress, which was kind of like their statement of intent, but he didn't have much impact on the Continental Association itself. Okay. So, like, he was there, and he was taking part in, you know, some discussions, but he didn't, like, contribute anything to the writing of it. Okay. Okay. Because basically the way the First Continental Congress worked, they had discussions of what they were going to do, and they issue on October 14th the Declaration and Resolves. Basically, it's like, this is why we're taking these actions. This is, you know, why we're doing this. Like, this is what we think the king and parliament should do. Mm-hmm. And then two of the points of that later on that they mention were the Continental Association and this petition to the king okay, for their grievances. And those were issued, like, a little bit later. Okay. He kind of participates in, like, this first go of, like, laying out the intent, but he doesn't write the association itself. It's almost like the resolves were, like, laying out their position, and the Continental Association was like, we're going to take this action, like, these specific actions to follow through on that. I got you. So, I mean, so it could have been, I mean, he could have had a little influence. Yeah. So it's not none. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, like, I wouldn't give him a zero. Right. I'm going to give him a two. A two? Yeah, I'd say that's a fair score. I'm also going to give him a two. Ooh. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, he was there, and it's like, I Might have really find was... too much where he was directly participating. Sure, sure. You know, uh, at least in the Continental Association itself. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, it, it, I'd say a two is fair. So with a two and a two, that is a four for Perpetual Union. Now, we the people. We the people. How influential were the were they outside of the founding documents? Oh. While he was in the Virginia legislature in the 1750s, he <laughs> was uh, there for 30 years, he said, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, 42 until he died. Jeez. Uh, he was the point person for relations with Native American tribes in Western Virginia. Oh, So okay. he kind of handles, like, you know, relations with them. That's okay. You know, for good or for ill. Oh, uh, okay. So, but, like, he was the guy in charge there. Sure, sure, sure. And as I mentioned, he would publish articles and pamphlets, and most of these centered on Parliament's right or lack thereof to tax colonies without their consent. Okay. Or... Kind of just general relations with Great Britain. Okay. Uh, one of the first pamphlets he wrote, called The Colonel Dismounted, <laughs> okay. uh, was an early call for advocating the separation of church and state. I like that. Uh, this was in response to something called the Parsons Cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a debate in the 1760s regarding state payment of clerical, of, of like clergy salaries. Okay. Which was happening. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, well... Another founding father we will talk about is more intimately involved with the Parsons cause, namely Patrick Henry. Oh. We'll talk about that probably more detail in his episode. That's fair. But he, he, he's kind of putting these ideas out there. Uh, another of the pamphlets, An Inquiry into the Rights of the British Colonies, dealt with the rights of colonists and questioned, par- questioned Parliament's authority to legislate for them without their consent. Thomas Jefferson, who regarded Bland as a mentor and was a distant cousin of him, uh, described the pamphlet as, quote, the first on the nature of the connection with Great Britain, which had any pretension to accuracy of view on that subject, end quote. Dang, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, from Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, he was influential on Virginia's first state constitution, but he was 
pretty old by that point. Sure. Probably not vigorously going into it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't know where else to put this, but I thought it worth mentioning. Uh, one of the constituent colleges of the College of William and Mary is named after him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So influential. Yeah. Definitely not none. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. man. That's, so, that's uh, a little harder. Going to be harder to judge, <laughs> to rake, rake, <laughs> rate, <laughs> rank. I, I put rate and rank together. Yeah, and it came out rake. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got a rake a score. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. I'm gonna give him a six. A six, yep. Okay. Um, I give a five. Middle of the road. Yeah, I I, I feel like uh, that's a solid score. So I mean, that's an eleven. Yeah. For we the people, so that's 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 not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, that's better than quite a few. I'm looking at the scores here. Yeah, that's better than quite a few of our uh, contestants here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did some stuff. Yeah. Now. Uh-oh, here we go. Articles of impeachment. This is what I was waiting for, yeah. He's a Virginian. How scandalous was he? Well, as I mentioned, he inherited extensive plantations. Yeah. yeah. He utilized slave labor. Mm-hmm. He had about 30 slaves at the time of his death. Okay. Certainly not... To the scale of some people like Washington or Jefferson, yeah. but that's still quite a few. I mean, he still owned people. Sure, so sure, that's sure. going to be a default four for me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's the only scandalous thing I got on him. So just, yeah, four. Is that you're getting as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll be, do okay. the same. All right. I think we agreed on that. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if I did just my thing or you. Okay. So four and a four, for, that's an eight for articles of impeachment. Now, your favorite category the whites of their eyes. Oh, show me that grinning, they look smiling like. face. This one's going to be a little different. Oh, it's going to be different. I yes. like different. I like different. Because I'm going to show you an entire portrait. Oh, oh my Lord. Look at this. And I'll point them out to you. But like, let me describe this. Uh, this is Patrick Henry. So this is Patrick Henry right here. And the red. This is on the floor of the House of Burgesses uh, debating the Stamp Act in 1765. Okay. So Richard, do you know the name of this portrait? I, I it's literally just called Patrick Henry before debating before the House of Burgesses seventeen sixty. Okay. It's like people can look just, it up, but yeah, yeah, he's wearing this nice red robe. Yeah, this is Richard Bland right here. There he is, right in front there. Oh, looking pretty. And dapper. now, like later on, the College of William Mary would commission like a portrait that was just like this part of it, but it looked worse than the actual portrait. Like the whole, like the full portrait. It didn't look as good. Really? So I'm like, I'll just show the whole portrait and just point them out to you. He looks kind of bored. <laughs> he's like looking off into, he's like. Honestly, mm-hmm. as loud, as loudmouth as Patrick Henry was, this is probably not the first time he's gotten up in front of the House of Burgess and just running his mouth. Yeah. He kind of looks like he's just like kind of looking off into space. He's like, probably just like, I've <sighs> heard, I've heard this so, m-. this is not the give me liberty or give me death speech. That's like 10 years later. But, oh, sure. Yeah. But he's probably just like, I've heard this so many times before. Dear God, I wish he would just <laughs> shut up. He's looking pretty dapper, I'll say. Yeah. He's got like a crush green, like a crushed mm-hmm. velvet green mm-hmm. jacket on. And the fact that he's like right there in front. Yeah, he's right like, in front. Says like, he was a prominent guy by this point, because he'd been in the House of Burgess by, for over 20 years by this point. Yeah, he was looking good. He's, so. he's got his, uh, his breeches on. He's got like this interesting looking like brown cape. <laughs> That's kind of over half of yeah. one of his shoulders, and he's just kind of sitting there. He looks very either bored or like, oh, I'm so done with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good, it's a really good painting. It's actually yeah. quite and, a good painting. And if you look it up, listeners, uh, he's kind of like to the bottom left. Yeah, he's kind of just like sitting down. He's just kind of looking up. Yep. And he's got like a brown cape on with like yeah. a green 
yep. velvet, like crushed velvet. Yeah, there's jacket. like a guy in blue kind of leaning over the back of him. Yeah, it's a that's a pretty that's a good point. I'm how much is it? This is out of five, right? Yep. I'm gonna give it a four. Four? I'm okay. gonna give that a four. Yeah, I I'm gonna give I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna match it with a four because like yeah, it's he's not necessarily the subject, but he's very in a very prominent position. And like I said, the portrait that's commissioned like in the 20th century is just like this part of it of just him it's not as good yeah so I, that's why i wanted to do this one no that one's way that uh, one's really good yeah, he looks very he looks young there like maybe this was you 17, know 1710 so, so he's about 55 in that portrait wow, he looks young yeah so what would we say a four and a four yep four and four all righty let's see here give me just a moment to plug this into the imperfect men magical spreadsheet here boop <laughs> So four and four, that's an eight for the whites of their eyes. Bonus round. How many documents did he sign? Uh, just the one, the Continental Association. He was out of Congress by the time they got to the Declaration of Independence because he, like I said, he was starting to get old, ill health. His mm-hmm. wife had just died. Um, yeah. He couldn't, couldn't do it. I'm sure if he had been in good health, I feel like he would have been there. He and signed. maybe sign the declaration. He, and he does live to see the declaration happen, but sure. he's just not a part of it. Right. So, But he gets one bonus point. One point. Total score for Richard Bland, 32. 32. Which is not bad. That puts him one point. Well, you know, let me let me ask the next question first before <laughs> I say that. Because it's not about the points. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's Richard Bland, a founding father. Mm-hmm. Or a floundering father. <laughs> he has thirty-two. That puts him one point ahead of Carter Braxton, who does not, who who is a floundering father. Yeah. And that puts him next highest person is has thirty-eight points, and that's Abraham Baldwin, who is a founding father. And we've given people who scored lower a founding father. And right. I, frankly, there's just enough here. I would say he is. I'm gonna go with. He is a yeah, founding, founding father. father. Yeah. yeah, even though you know it, it does always hurts when they have they have slaves. Yeah, but it's he, hard to say. I, I mean, I mean, there, there, there's going to be some of these founding fathers who have slaves. I mean, yeah. Jefferson and Washington for sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but, I can't really go by that when it comes to this, even though it is a horrible thing. Yeah. Not. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say he is. Yeah. You know, he did. I think he did just enough. I don't think he's yeah. like overwhelmingly like founding father, but like yeah, he's not like just a, enough. Like not, he's not a John Adams or yeah, or Sam Adams or, or even something. Abraham Baldwin. But yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, he he does just enough. He he's he just he just crosses the finish line. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> it, 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 like imagine this is a golf tournament and like you've golf. played Thursday and Friday. Oh lord! And you have to make the cut line. And this guy, probably, probably just a few spots above the cut line. Okay, for all the to people the head that into know Saturday and Sunday play. For all the people that know golf, sure. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> these uh, PJ uh, tournaments. I mean, they can have like 120 guys play. Okay, and then Saturday and Sunday, I cut down to like 60. So sure, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it. So <laughs> I don't watch golf. <laughs> uh, six of the 14 people we've done so far are founding fathers. Oh wow! So that's six out of fourteen, which is fi- which I'm fine with. That's almost half. Yeah, yeah, a little less, a little less than half. But I, yeah, I'm fine with that because it's like you know what that we're 
The whole point, we're trimming, trimming the fat. <laughs> trimming <laughs> yeah. the fat. Letting the people know. Yeah. So The people's got to know. You oh, know? yeah. Um, sources for this. As always, the old standby, the biographical directory of the U.S. Congress. Uh, Robert Detweiler. Uh, Richard Bland and the Origins of the Revolution in Virginia from 1981. And Marjorie Solenberger's article, uh, Richard Bland, Revolutionary Philosopher, published by Richard Bland College News from July 1994. That's from the college. It's named after him at William & Mary. Yeah. And, of course, the pinned tweet for general sources. Uh, A podcast to recommend. Hang on a minute. The podcast to recommend, uh, another Rexypod, the Spanish Arpada. (laughs) Uh, Basically, they... You know, kind of the same vein as our podcast and all the other Rexypods out there, ranking the monarchs and emirs and governors in Spain, Spain throughout Spanish history. So Interesting. Pretty solid, as with all of them. A lot of hard work goes into these things. So Yeah, thank you, Cody, for all your hard work, because I do nothing. I sit here and <laughs> listen to you talk about these guys, and I comment on it. That's what I do. Well, I mean, a foil is required. No, okay. The, yeah. the, the format requires it. I get sure. So... <laughs> Next time. Oh, I've been lo- I'm so happy this episode. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while. <laughs> There's going to be so much scandalous stuff to talk oh, about. Oh, scandal. Uh, this guy. This guy. It, ugh, I'm looking forward to it. William Blunt. Well, look, well, his last name, it looks like Blount. Oh. But it looks like, bl- but it's pronounced Blunt. Well, I'm just William saying. Blunt. Bunting it up, huh? Blunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Is it, well, we should, we should release this on. No, we can't. It's too. It's too late. I yeah, say can't four, release it on four twenty. <laughs> no. That would have been interesting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wonder if we are scheduled to release anything on any future. I got. I got the schedule pulled up here. I've got any future April twentieths that we're releasing an episode on. Oh yes, there is. <laughs> there is an April twentieth where we are scheduled to release an episode, but it's not till twenty twenty seven. So, oh Lord, Hammers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Uh, that guy, he's in the M's. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's not even close to being done. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, buddy. You, do, you did this. I don't know. I did. Hey, I, yeah, I roped you into it. I probably should have made you aware. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't. You just said, hey, come on the podcast. It'll be a good time. And it's. I didn't a, say good time for the next 10 years. Uh, yeah. Or seven years. I, th- I think was it's seven. But yeah. Seven good. years long. Yep. We'll be holding gray. Not that we're not already, but um, uh, anyway, yes. Next time, Richard or uh, not Richard, William Blunt. William Blunt, Bill Blunt. Stay tuned because strap in and strap on for that one. Thank you so much for listening today, and uh, please check out our other projects. The Drunken Pond is a YouTube show where we play board games and drink beer. Uh, my other podcast called We Effed Up explores the instances in world history where the royal we effed up. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Imperfect Men Pod. I'm Cody. And I'm Steve. And this is Imperfect, Imperfect Men. Men.